We talk ourselves into the fact that I've just done so many bad things in my life, or I, you know, I'm divorced, or I, you know, there's all these things that Satan, all these lies he tells us. We listen to that long enough, we will feel unworthy. And we're not unworthy because we're all unworthy unless we have Jesus. But through Jesus, we're all worthy and we all have a calling. And it doesn't matter what you've done, it just matters who's you are, and we're all gods, right? If one of the things you want to do in 2020 is read more books, but you're not quite sure how that's going to work, maybe this will help you out. I'm Andy here at the 30-Second Book Club podcast, a place for people who want to read more books and be in a book club but don't really have time for either. And uh, starting off our 2020 season, uh, talking with Michelle Medlock-Adams, who wrote a book along with Bethany Jett called Platinum Faith, Live Brilliant, Be Resilient, and Know Your Worth. Michelle, I always like to start with the big question. Why did you decide to write this book? You know, my business partner, uh, who's also my co-author on this book, is named Bethany Jett, and we have a business called Platinum Literary. And in choosing that name, we really searched high and low for the right name. And people assume that we chose Platinum because we're both blondes, but we're both not real blondes. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. So uh, the the reason we chose Platinum was because it's top shelf and it and it's resilient and and it's really hard to duplicate. It's like it's very authentic. There were just so many of these cool properties about platinum. As we started researching it, we chose that for our business name. And then we we wanted to do a couple of books together. We were working on, you know, what are we going to write about? Just praying to God just to to show us. And it just dropped in our laps, platinum faith. All those same properties that applied to why we want to name that our business that applied to why we want to walk in a platinum faith. And so it kind of birthed out of our business. But man, has God been faithful to show us so much stuff. As you research each property, I'm a journalist, so researching is my life. I love this. Very cool. Okay, so uh, we can find out more. We'll have a link up at our website, myktis.com as well. So let's just jump right into it because there's so many great things uh, in this book. And I think one thing that really hit me right away in chapter two, you're talking about being you are useful, is falling into the comparison trap. Mm -hmm. How do we avoid that? Boy, I mean, if we could just, it's so easy to, to say, but so hard to do. I think if everybody's being honest, we all do the whole comparison trap thing. And more so now than ever before, because you have all the social media where you can go on Facebook and see they're having another lovely vacation or gosh, she has another book out. How did that, didn't she just have a book come out? Or he's preaching before 15,000 people. My church has 19, you know, like those, you do those comparisons, whether or not you admit it or not, that's just kind of our human nature. So we talk about that in chapter two. And what we, what we really wanted to stress and what we found when we did a lot of research on platinum, you know, platinum is one of the most useful metals of all the metals. It's used in cancer-fighting drugs. It's used in smoke detectors. It's used in catalytic converters. Like, it's used in all these things I don't even know. When I think platinum, I think ring setting. That's what most women probably think of platinum ring setting is like the ultimate. But, but platinum is in so many use. It's just so useful. Well, we compare that to ourselves as we walk in the body of Christ. We each have different purposes and different uses in the body. We can't all be the platinum ring setting. That's wonderful and, and that's great, but some of us have to be the smoke detector. We have to be different things and and we need each other. And you know, it talks about that in the Bible. We there we reference, I think it's, it's 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 27, where it talks about the different members of the body. And you have to be, you know, if, if God created you to be an eye, don't try to be an ear. Be, be the best eye you can be. So that's your purpose. And so we, um, in this, in this analogy, we carried on through and we talk about, you know, the only time that a smoke detector is really useful is when it is noisy when it's making noise. We don't even recognize it until it's needed. And there it is. It's behind the scenes doing its job all along. But when smoke enters the house, it is all over it. You know, it, it sounds its alarm 
and then it saves our lives. And it's kind of the same way with, with our walk in faith, having platinum faith and feeling useful and being useful is, you know, you, you there are different seasons for your calling. Sometimes you might be out front like a, like a really shiny platinum ring. Like maybe you're the praise and worship leader or, you know, you're leading a, a, a women's Bible study and you're the one who's leading it. Then you're maybe more out front, but there may be seasons where you're in the nursery. Man, I had those seasons. I have two little girls. We, you know, and, and that's okay because they're both useful. One is not better than the other and they're both absolutely important to the kingdom. So you have to view yourself through God's eyes, not through our human eyes, because that's how we fall into the comparison trap. So I think the way to avoid it is just to really immerse yourself in the word about who God says you are and really keep your eyes focused on that and not what somebody else is doing. Uh, in chapter four, in, in, in talking about, you know, not worrying what other people are doing, sometimes you can really feel like, I don't know, like I've, done, I've, made, I've messed up too much for God to use me. And you, you talk about Rahab's story in chapter four. You know, what encourages you about her story? She's one of our favorites. I, I think that, you know, whenever um, you think about the people that, that God used in the Bible, when you just do any kind of Bible study, it's not like he chose the most upstanding citizens <laughs> to use. I mean, you know, he, he chose somebody who had, who had a stutter, you know, maybe somebody that, and then he became him to go speak and he would choose. So in this case, he chose Rahab, who anytime you see her reference, it's Rahab the harlot or Rahab. I mean, like that was her last name, Rahab the harlot, the harlot her last name. But every, every time you see her reference in the word, she's referred to as this woman who had this other not so great life. She was she was doing something she shouldn't be doing. Right. That was her lifestyle. That was the way she made money. That's how she took care of her family. And so we were talking about, man, if God can use Rahab, think how he positioned her that that she she not only got to play a part, a major part, but she's in that direct line. I mean, there's just so many cool things about her story that relate to us, because I think that's what we do. We talk ourselves into the fact that. I've just done so many bad things in my life, or I, you know, I'm divorced, or I, you know, there's all these things that Satan, all these lies he tells us. And we listen to that long enough, we will feel unworthy. And we're not unworthy because through, we're all unworthy unless we have Jesus. But through Jesus, we're all worthy and we all have a calling. And it doesn't matter what you've done, it just matters whose you are. And we're all God's, right? And he's calling us forward into walking this platinum faith so that we can really make a kingdom difference. So when you look at people like Rahab in the Bible, you can feel encouraged and you know, man, if God could use her, he can use me. And we were all cred balls when we start off. But, but <laughs> and he's put that in us, that measure of faith in us. And we have the purpose. And, and it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, he has a plan for us. So you can walk in that plan no matter what your past has been. So you have to get over that. You have to just stop looking at the past and move forward with that, what God's got for you. I love in chapter seven, and this was Bethany's chapter. So I don't know if, if you if you can identify this as, as as well. But she says she's a self described introvert, <laughs> and she's yeah. and 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 so I think it was interesting that she wrote the chapter talking about you were created to bond. And we specifically when we when we sat down and looked at all the properties, we each one would have like, oh, I want to do this one, or oh, I feel I feel urging to write this one. And we never had one where we both wanted to do it. It's like that's just how God laid this out. And it's so funny because she's like my little sister. We're, we're best friends, we're business partners, and we're co-authors. We do life together. And she is introverted. She She's a functioning introvert where she can go and speak in front of groups and she can be a teacher. And, you know, we do all these things together. We speak at writers' conferences and women's conferences a lot. But she's really happiest underneath the cover watching Netflix. That's really <laughs> her thing. And I'm just the opposite. I'm completely extroverted. So we're, we balance each other. But that's the thing is that, you know, in that challenge, being an introvert is not a bad thing. You embrace it, but know that God really has called us to bond. You know, platinum is metal that bonds easily with others. But other metals, it's, it's, it's one of its great properties. And as Christians, we're called to bond together. I mean, we're better together. We really are. We have a sign in our homes. It's better together. We're better together. 
And that's that's what she was saying in this, even though her instinct and, and, and her preference is to be alone, that is not a good thing. She needs to be with other Christians and to to support each other and to have, a, she had a Bible study in her home the other day. I'm like, you go girl, look at that. Look at you branch out. I mean, she's, because we really do need each other. And so she does, she, I love her story. She talks about how she was the lonely child growing up because she never felt like she fit anywhere. And yet, you know, sometimes God will take your weakness and make it your strength. And so she just posted today on Facebook, we were, we were talking earlier and she posted, I, had, I took a picture of her when we did a women's conference a couple weekends ago of her spe- speaking and she's got these hands up and she's being all smiley and bold. And I said, look what God can do with an introvert, right? And so she posted this whole thing about how God can take your weakness and make it his strength. So you just have to trust him. And no matter if you're an extrovert or introvert, God has got you. I thought this was kind of interesting. Talking about, uh, you talked about, let's see, I should make sure. I Let's see, who who wrote the chapter about, let's see here. Okay, it was you, a chapter 10 about <laughs> God's heavy presence. Talk yes. about that a little bit because that's kind of an interesting idea. I guess I hadn't ever really thought of that, you know, what does it mean to experience the heavy presence of God? And why is that important? So that, and that was one that was harder to research about, you know, one of the things about platinum is that it really is one of the heaviest metals. So when you have a piece of platinum jewelry in your hand and you have maybe a piece of sterling silver in the other hand, it's much weightier in your hand, the platinum is, it's just, it's just got, it's denser. And so uh, we were talking about, you know, many, many times when you read in the scriptures, when somebody would enter the presence of God, what did they do? They fell on their face or they fell backwards, but they always fell. They were always dropping to the ground. <laughs> you know, you were always, it's not just in reverence, not just in holiness, but it's that the overwhelming presence of God was so heavy upon them. It would always say, it's heavy upon me. That anointing was so strong, it would, it would force them down. They would just be down. And I, I, I've read that in the scriptures. I mean, I've been in church my whole life, kind of born under the pew kind of thing. And I, I've read that in the scriptures, but never experienced it until, and I write about this in, in this chapter, um, I, was, I went to a meeting. I had gone to the doctor earlier that day. I was pregnant with my second baby, Allison, and, um, and I was started bleeding. And so they told me I was, I was in the middle of a miscarriage and there was nothing they could do. I was early on. It was before I was, first, I was like 11 weeks. And, um, you know, that's never the, the diagnosis that you want. And I didn't, I didn't really know what to do except for to pray because there was nothing medic- medicine could do for me. So I went home and they told me to put my feet up and some things to do and just to kind of monitor it. And that night my sister comes in, I'm my, I have an older sister who's kind of bossy. And she comes in and she says, hey, we're going to a prayer meeting tonight. It's a revival meeting downtown. You need to go. And I'm like, Marty, I can't leave. I have to sit here with my legs up. Legs up. They told me, you know, I have to keep my feet raised and all this. And she said, well, I feel like God wants you to go. And I think you should go. So let me help you get dressed. So you just don't argue with my sister. So I, I went, my, my husband and I both went and, and we sat with my parents in the, in the back row. We came in late because I didn't know I was going to be going. And it was, it's one of those things, I, I, even as I tell it, it feels like a movie playing in my mind. We walk in and the guy who's, I didn't know that the minister, he was a, a traveling, you know, evangelist in the front says, we've been waiting for you. And he's pointing to us. And my husband's so embarrassed. He's also an introvert. He's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he just called us out. We sat down in the back and then about, I don't know, 10 minutes into the sermon, he said, I goes, I'm going to continue with the sermon. He said, but I've got, God is speaking to me right now and telling me that somebody out there has been told that you're going to miscarry your baby. And I want to, I want to pray for you. So you need to come up front. And I mean, I'm thinking, are you kidding me right now? I mean, this just didn't happen in the church that I attended. And so I, I, I waited, I was going to get up, but I was like frozen. And a woman on the other side of the auditorium stood up and I thought, oh, not, my thought was I need to talk with her and see who her doctor is. I mean, I'm not, I'm still not even getting it. And, and finally he says, I'll pray for you, ma'am, but you're not the one that God showed me. And my husband leans over and goes, I think it's you. Like, I know, but I can't move. And then the, the gentleman says, if you don't come up here, I'm coming back to get you. So he walks right back to our row, grabs my hand and walks me up front. It was one of those out-of-body experiences kind of thing. I couldn't believe it was happening. 
And then he speaks to my belly, which wasn't showing it. You wouldn't know I was pregnant. I was very early. And he says, I'm here to tell you that it's the life and the pit of hell that you're going to miscarry. And that little girl will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And he laid hands on me to pray over me. And I fell to the ground. I mean, it, now I'm very like, I'm an extrovert, but I would never make a scene or do anything like that. I'm very in church. I know my play, you know, I know, I know the order of service. And, um, but that's, I experienced that heaviness of God. It was so, I, God had touched me so divinely so heavy. Is that truly a heavy, like a blanket had fallen on me. I fell to the ground and they call that slain in the spirit and different depends on what denomination you are, but I just call it, God was doing some stuff. And you know what? He did do some stuff. And that little girl is named Allison Michelle and she just turned 25. And so I didn't have any more problem with that pregnancy. And when I went back to the doctor, there was a strong heartbeat. So, you know, they, they had no explanation for it, but I knew it was God's healing power and his heavy presence that actually saved my daughter's life. So it, once you've encountered it, no one can talk you out of it. There is such a thing as a heavy presence of God, and it'll change your life forever. At the end, you talk about something that I think is a, a more a more of a struggle than ever, which is kind of ironic because in social media, we're always posting about ourselves. Uh, but is it authentic? And you talk about how can we be more authentic? And that is, I think that is really difficult, especially I, we speak at a lot of conferences, like I said, and a lot of writers, Christian writers struggle with this because you want you want to get the message out that God's put in your heart to share, but you don't want to be like, hey, look at me. It's all about me. It's really hard <laughs> to balance that humility and then also being your own publicist kind of a thing. But what, what we're talking about, and this is platinum, one of its properties is it's very hard to duplicate. It's, you know, if you hold a piece of platinum, you'll know it's platinum. You can duplicate, really make some pretty good fakes of, of gold and, and sterling silver, but not platinum. It, it either is or it isn't. And you can tell not only by holding it, but by its appearance. It's just a different kind of metal. And so we said, that's, we want to be like that as Christians, that we are that authentic, that people know us. It says in the Bible, they know us by our love. We want them to know us by every post that we have, everything that we do, that, that we carry that presence of God, if you're walking in platinum faith. And then we kind of, we do talk a little bit about, you know, we do these posts a lot of times. We'll say things like, you know, sitting in my leopard chair, drinking my uh, cafe latte, loving life a latte and being kind of silly and hashtag, you know, living the life and all that. But what they don't see is that, you know, you just had a big fight with your husband and the dog threw up on the carpet over here. You know, the dishes are piled up, but you've got this one little place that looks great. And that's where you take your picture. And that, and, and I, I laugh because that's kind of how we live our lives. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're in the car uh, driving to church and, and maybe you're having a disagreement with your children. You're hollering at them because they've thrown their sippy cups at each other or whatever's going on. And then you get out and you walk into the sanctuary and somebody says, how are you? You're like, Oh, I'm blessed sister. I am blessed. How are you? Hallelujah. And really, you just need to like fall on your face before God and say, I'm a crud ball. I am a hot mess today. Please, Lord, just help me. It's just so much easier if you're just authentic and honest before the Father and with each other, because uh, we've all been in Sylvia's super Christian one time or another in our lives, but that's not really appealing to people because, you know, the people I receive most from are people like Joyce Meyer, who, who are very honest and say, yeah, I don't get it right every day. You know, she tells you her stuff and then you can receive from her because you think, oh, we're both crud balls. That's so great. We can both receive from God. If someone is really high and pious and comes at you with they've never done anything wrong, it's really hard to receive from that kind of person. So just let people see your messes as well as your victories and see God through those, how he works in your life. That's what wins people to the Lord. They, they see that that you're real and that he's real in you. Mm. Michelle Medlock Adams and Bethany Jett, uh, they wrote a book called Platinum Faith. Great book. And if you want to learn more about these cred balls and their journeys, <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> I love that. I've never heard that before. I'm going to start using that cred ball. That's great. 
We're all crud, <laughs> crud balls saved by grace. <laughs> Amen. That's the next book right there. That's a sequel. When Robert started out in real estate, he realized he wasn't really good at selling. And so he had to come up with a way to connect with people that nobody else really was doing so that he'd be able to not just sell houses, but also be a better communicator. He's come up with the T-A-L-K method, the good talk method, and he'll be sharing that with you. And this is good whether you're in sales or you just want to uh, connect better with people. Uh, That's coming up next week on the 30 Second Book Club.